Welcome to the Elevate Orthodontics Podcast with Dr. Lance Miller. Each week, we bring you interviews with the top minds in the orthodontic profession in order to heighten your expertise, boost your motivation, and raise your skills. Join us as we help doctors take their practices and their lives to the next level. And now, here's your host, Dr. Lance Miller. Welcome to the Elevate Orthodontics Podcast. I'm Dr. Lance Miller. I'm excited to be with you again. I've got a special episode prepared this week. As I mentioned in our last episode, I am traveling this week. I was in Uganda, and I'm actually on the road. I'm headed back to New Hampshire. It's about a 30-hour journey, and we've completed a fantastic week volunteering at Hope Smiles in Jinja, Uganda. Our interview today is with the founder and director of Hope Smiles, Dr. Ryan Shinska, And this is an interview that I think you're going to find very fascinating, a little bit different than our normal interview, talking about volunteer dentistry, talking about maybe some more philosophical things, but also really diving in uh, with some leadership and uh, some ways to inspire and direct your team that I think are really applicable to all dentists and all orthodontists. So I'm very excited to bring you this interview. Before we jump into that, I wanted to take a minute to start talking about goals for the new year. We're here in the fourth quarter now, and so our minds are kind of looking ahead to next year, trying to figure out what we're going to do in our practices, what our goals are going to be, and how that's all going to come together. This week, I'd like to focus a little bit on goals for production for our top-line numbers, and I think that's the number that we all kind of gravitate towards when we're thinking about how our practice is doing. Are we up 10%? Are we down 5%? You know, what are we doing uh, in terms of production from one year to the next? And so when you start to set your goals for next year, I think it's important to take a minute and review where you are year to date. Uh, You can compare the first three quarters of 2018 to the first three quarters of 2017 to give you a little bit of a forecast for how the year is going to end. And then start to think about what you want to do for the new year in terms of goals for production. There really are a couple of ways you can grow your production. One is to increase your fees. So if you want to grow by 5%, one way to do that is to raise your fees 5% and start the same number of cases. That's pretty obvious. But if you're going to raise your fees, maybe by 2 or 3%, and that's across the board, then certainly you could factor that into your goals for the year. A second way to grow your top-line number is to start more cases. And in order to do that, you need more exams. Or you need to increase your conversion ratio. So we can look at our number of exams and try to set a goal for how many exams do we want to do next year, what do we want to do with conversion ratio, try to increase the number of case starts that we have. A third way to grow in your practice is to offer ancillary services. Maybe you're going to do some TMJ treatments, sleep apnea treatments, you're going to offer whitening, you're going to offer retainers for life, there's a number of different ancillary services that you could offer as an orthodontist that might contribute to your top line number. Just make sure that those are things that you actually want to do. And you also want to compare, obviously, the costs associated with those things and uh, the time involved, chair time, to you know make sure that your profitability isn't affected too dramatically uh, in a negative way. My point in kind of going through this example with you is to point out that we need to, when we set goals, really think about how we're going to achieve them. It's great to say to your team, next year we're going to grow by 10%. But if you don't really have a plan to achieve that, I think it's kind of a meaningless goal. So take a minute, 
Try to decide what it is that you want to achieve next year in terms of a number goal. And then really from there, figure out what are the components that you're going to do. So if you're going to grow by 10%, then have an idea. We're going to see this many more new exams. We're going to raise our fees by this percent. We're going to add this service. So then you really have a roadmap to get you to the goals that you've set for the new year. Hopefully that was helpful. We're going to jump in here with our interview with Dr. Ryan Shinska after a brief word from one of our sponsors. Tax laws change year to year, but your long-term financial goals don't. At Kane Waters & Associates, their financial planners analyze the legal landscape and create personalized financial plans so orthodontists like you have a clear roadmap to meet your long-term goals. With the dramatic changes to the tax laws, if you're concerned with your 2018 tax liability, there are steps you need to take before the year ends. Seek the advice from Kane Waters advisors who have more than 30 years of experience in the dental industry. Visit canewaters.com slash orthodontics to register for a free consultation with the Kane Waters and Associates team. Their expertise can help you determine what action you may need to take before the end of the year. Go to canewaters.com slash orthodontics and schedule your free consultation. I'm recording today in Jinja, Uganda. This is a town about 50-something miles east of Kampala, but about a three- to six-hour drive depending on traffic. For those of you who are not familiar with the geography here in Uganda... It's the home of the source of the Nile, which is where the Nile River flows out of Lake Victoria, the largest lake in Africa. And the Nile begins you know, right down the street from us. It's 4,200-mile journey to the Mediterranean Sea. It's a beautiful landscape here. It's very lush, very pretty. Uh, the weather this week has been very temperate. And to my knowledge, I have not yet contracted malaria. So everything is going very well here in Uganda. I'm recording today on a portable recorder, so if the sound quality is a little bit different, I apologize, but I think this is going to be an interview that's going to be fascinating and well worth any technical glitches that you know we may encounter here. As I mentioned in the introduction, this is a special interview with Dr. Ryan Shinska. He's a University of Michigan School of Dentistry graduate and the founder of Hope Smiles Uganda, a nonprofit dental clinic here in Jinja. I've been here working uh, this week, all week long, with him and his team. I've been overwhelmed by his generous nature and the hospitality of him and his team and the values that they reflect in their everyday work. We're going to be hearing a little bit more about Dr. Shinska and his team. But first, I want to say to Dr. Ryan, as he's known to his patients, welcome to the Elevate Orthodontics podcast. Thanks very much for having us, Dr. Lance, and I'm excited to be here. Ryan, I've got so many thoughts and questions running through my head from this week's experience. I'm excited to discuss this with you, um, but maybe you can begin by giving our listeners a little bit about your background and the founding of Hope Smiles Uganda. Um, I grew up in Michigan. Uh, I grew up in the south- southeastern thumb in a small town called Richmond, Michigan, town of about 5,000. Wanted to be a quarterback. That didn't quite work out and uh, ended up uh, applying to dental school because uh, it seemed like a cool job. You get to have a good balance between personal and professional life. You get to help some people. Uh, you get to make some money. You get to work four days a week. And uh, it seemed like a really attractive profession um, as I was as I was moving on from undergrad. And uh, throughout the course of my dental school career, uh, well, I guess before that, I was fortunate enough to be accepted to the University of Michigan. Uh, my first true love really is the University of Michigan. And uh, throughout the, my journey and throughout dental school and the University of Michigan, God really started to open my eyes to the tremendous resource and gift that my education actually is and the gift that, that he's given me through dentistry. And my my vision for what I'm going to do with my dentistry evolved from working four days a week and making as much money as I can and being as, as comfortable as I can in pursuing the, the quote-unquote American dream 
to pursuing maybe a, a larger, broader vision for, for the world and the world God has placed me in. What that looked like was as I was starting to, as I was getting ready to graduate, I wanted to work in the inner city in America, coach American football. I have a history of playing American football and didn't see the world through my dentistry on global outreach trips throughout my career. In 2010, I graduated and took a job in inner city New Orleans in Baton Rouge, working for a dental, dental clinics down there in the inner city, was coaching football down there. I did my first dental outreach trip here to Jinja, Uganda with the Mazima Ministries in 2012 at Easter. Really, it was at that time, you know, again, I had no, no plans of moving to Uganda, no plans of leaving, uh, leaving Louisiana. I love my job down there. I love, love coaching. When I got here to Uganda, though, it was one of those things where crazy, what some might call coincidences started popping up, but I would call them God giving me breadcrumbs for the, uh, along the path to, to lead me closer to him. And came out here and we treated a thousand kids, uh, me and my team from Louisiana with the Mazima Ministries, all relief work, uh, just simple extractions, uh, taking people out of pain. And my heart was really open, my mind was open, and my soul was opened to the possibility and potential of what a dental clinic here would look like. Because these thousand kids had no hope of seeing the dentist. In the States, there's still a dental clinic, even the inner city in an underserved area, there's still a dental clinic, you know, the dental clinic's accessible. And that wasn't really the, the, an option here. So went back to America and there's just a lot of random coincidences started popping up, connecting me to Uganda when I never would have met someone from Uganda in my entire life before coming out here. And now I was meeting a bunch of them. So I came back out here in January, 2013 to explore the call further, explore the possibilities and potential further. Uh, spent a night particularly in intense prayer because, like I said, I love my love my job in New Orleans, love my job in Baton Rouge. I uh, love what I was doing there. New Orleans isn't a bad town to be single in um, in your mid-20s. And I was asking God for direction in prayer and woke up the next morning with an email from a guy named Philip Kemp, private practice dentist in Nashville, Tennessee, asking if he wanted to partner with me in his nonprofit, which is called Hope Smiles, which was fledgling in America. And see, because they wanted to do some work in Uganda. So that's how I got involved with Hope Smiles. I took that as a confirmation of the call that this is what I'm supposed to do. And went back home, raised uh, $75,000, gave my boss my three months, and moved out here for good in July 2013 and started Hope Smiles here in Uganda with 12 bags of dental supplies as a single man. Yeah, and it's impressive to me how much, you know, Hope Smiles here in Uganda has really grown since those, you know, maybe humble beginnings. Um, just an aside here for our listeners, uh, you might be hearing some background noise. Uh, those are the wonderful insect sounds here in, in East Africa. Um, so you're getting the true experience here. But Ryan, I want to get back a little bit talking about uh, Hope Smiles. Uh, one thing I've heard from you several times this week is you know, this discussion of the difference between providing relief uh, to people and really developing a program that promotes, I guess, development. Is this something that you had in mind when you started Hope Smiles Uganda? Was this one of the goals that you were trying to accomplish? For sure. One of our core values here at Hope Smiles is sustainability. And when I moved over here, the goal was not just to start a clinic here in Jinja, but to build a team that can run the clinic for generations to come. But even more than that, build a team that can run a clinic independently and empower that team of locals to serve their community well but also build that team so that team can replicate the clinic. So we're, so we're not just training dental teams, we're training leaders that can transform lives to quality, compassionate dental care. So success is determined by 
our ability to have a team that can replicate this clinic in other areas in Uganda. It's so impressive to me how you've been able to progress um, from this you know, one-man show to this complex and, I guess, really multifaceted oral health initiative that you guys have going on here. What are the main components of the Hope Smiles operation in 2018? So there's four components to the Hope Smiles clinical model that we believe can be replicated all over Uganda and all over the world. Uh, right now, Dr. Lance and I are sitting in our dental center, which is analogous to a private practice uh, globally in the States. We perform and provide quality, compassionate dental care that transforms lives to um, our community, where otherwise there are, there are no dentists that, that can provide quality, compassionate dental care. We provide all services here short of implants. That's the main central hub of Hope Smiles, the Hope Smiles clinical model. So the first component is the dental center here, which we're sitting in and staffed by two full-time Ugandan dental surgeons and myself. And we have a team of 21 assistants and support staff in addition to three mid-level providers, which we call public health dental officers here who can do, uh, who can do restorations, who can do extractions, and who can do cleanings. The second component of our of the Hope Smiles clinical model, which we would call the spokes, is our, our mobile outreach program. And with our mobile outreach program, it's definitely a paradigm shift. In, in, in dentistry in a third world country, and it's particularly outreach dentistry in a third world country, in that we want to develop what we call a mobile dental home for people in deep in the village and people deep in, in, in schools that are unreached uh, here in relation to Jinja, as opposed to the traditional outreach model of just where someone will come from the States or someone will come from Europe or even a dentist here in Uganda that's successful in Kampala will, will hold a dental camp where they extract... 100 teeth a day for three days in a, in, in a village or with rotary or, or, or anything. And don't take any good patient notes. Don't create a patient file for the patient and the patient doesn't receive any good, good education. We take some pictures and we feel good about ourselves when we go home. And there's certainly something to that and, 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 and it's a benefit. And relief work does take away pain temporarily. But we are endeavoring to practice something better by developing consistent access to care in these villages and in these schools. So with our mobile outreach program, we actually identify the most vulnerable villages and schools and create connections there to be able to serve those communities, serve those villages, serve those schools consistently throughout the year. So in our mobile outreach program right now, we are serving in nine villages and seven different schools throughout Uganda. We go to each village, we go to each school once per quarter, and we'll, we will serve there for an entire week. And each patient that we see actually has a full treatment plan developed. We write them up, we, we, we develop, we create a patient chart, a patient file of record, and we keep those on file um, here at our dental center here. So whenever we go back, each patient that we see receives comprehensive dental care. Sure, we can't do endo necessarily, and we can't do crown and bridge and stuff like that, but we, we can provide comprehensive care, most importantly provide thorough preventative uh, oral, oral health education and preventative oral health treatment be able to enhance the quality of life and transform communities through quality, compassionate dental care. And over time, we see communities evolve and transform. We see the oral health habits of communities evolve and transform when offered the opportunity and access. Now, a big part of that with our mobile outreach program is the development of what we call the Hope Smiles Ambassador Program, where we actually identify local leaders, whether they be local government leaders, whether they be pastors, whether they be the leader of, of, of a mosque, because um, there's a large Muslim population here, um, where we, we, we identify respected local leaders and empower them and properly educate them on proper 
oral hygiene and proper di- dietary counseling practices and also dispel common myths, um, which can result in even death here when people do some pretty dangerous things because of which doctors will tell, be telling them one thing or the other. Uh, so that's the second one. The mobile outreach component is certainly the, the big paradigm shift where we want to go from relief to development um, in providing our care. Number three, uh, we do public health education, public health programs, which is mainly our ambassador program, which I just discussed, but also having a consistent presence in schools and on TV and radio. And fourth, continuing education. We just don't want to enhance the, the skills and the leadership capacity of our dentists that work on our team, but we want to enhance and raise the standards for all dental providers all throughout the country. So we provide continuing education to all dental providers in Uganda. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, and I had the good fortune of going out uh, with the team to do one of these outreach programs. And I got to witness the mobile dental home concept in practice. And I was super impressed. I, I saw patients that had been seen three, four or five times before. They had you know detailed chart notes. They were familiar with uh, the you know concept of receiving care. They were turning really into successful dental patients. And uh, you know, I feel like this is a key component of something that's going on here with Hope Smiles. As, as you mentioned, that's, that's lacking in so many of the volunteer dental efforts. In fact, I remember when you told me uh, the first day I got here, you know, you used this phrase mobile dental home. And, and I, I guess I didn't really understand what that was. Maybe I was a little bit skeptical. But after seeing it, you know, these, these children really do have this kind of resource that they're able to come back to. And, it, and it's, it's brought to them instead of them coming to the clinic. But they really do feel at home, and they really are kind of starting to understand what it means to be, you know, a dental patient and to receive dental care. Certainly, that's one of the big paradigm shifts, like we talked about, and uh, we're just blessed to be able to see that transformation and take part of it, and uh, hopefully offer offer that that pathway and, and offer this this path to a, a global community of dental providers who want to transform the world. Ryan. One thing that all orthodontists and dentists, no matter what their practice model is, are constantly being called upon uh, to provide is leadership. And, you know, everyone's interested in increasing their ability to lead their teams. I know this is something that you spend a lot of time and effort on, uh, thinking about how to, to be a good leader. What are the things that you view as, I guess, the key principles to effective leadership? Well, leadership certainly makes a difference towards any kind of, and in any operation. It's a difference in any business, it's a difference in any sports team, it's a difference in any family. And for any successful operation, we need to have strong, focused, visionary leadership that brings people together, that have different agendas, that have different egos, that have different ambitions, and unites them under common values, vision, and mission. Um, so for us here at Hope Smiles, we want to be united under a common common values, core values, a common vision, and a common mission. For us, our common mission is just to transform life through quality, compassionate dental care in unreached areas of Uganda. So every single person in Uganda has the ability to have access to dental care that transforms their life. As far as how do, how do we accomplish that? First of all, our people need to know that I love them, that I want what's best for them. They need to know that. They need to feel that. They need to know that I care about them. All of our uh, different levels of leaders, our dental surgeons, our operations manager, our public health dental offices, our lead assistants, the people that they're supervising and within the chain of command, they need to know that their supervisor loves them, that they want what's best for them. They want them to thrive. They want them to succeed. Really, we have a three-step process for leadership within that, within that, uh, with that idea as the thing that unites everything and pulls everything together. 
So the first step of leadership is just simply setting clear standards, setting clear standards so people understand their key results areas when they come onto our team. They understand what's expected of them. They understand how they're going to be evaluated. They understand how their daily responsibilities relate to our values, relate to our vision, relate to our mission. They should understand whatever their job is, whatever their responsibilities are, why it's important, and how our core values relate to those things, how our vision relates to their responsibilities and, how our, and, and the role that they play within our mission. And that needs to be clear. And as a leader, I need to personify those values. I need to personify that vision. I need to personify that mission. There's no room for hypocrisy because people rightfully should call us out if, if, if we're being hypocritical and placing heavy burdens on people that, that they themselves, that we ourselves aren't willing to help with. So that's number one. Set clear standards. Set expectations up front. Make them clear. Make them simple. Relate them to our values, vision, and mission. Number two, we need to build a relationship with people like we already talked about. We need to build a relationship so each person on our team knows that I love them, knows that I care about them, knows that I understand their their, their personal values, vision, and mission. And, and, and that allows us to lead them better so we can connect what they do here to their own individual families and their own individual lives. And number three, we need to enforce those standards that we set. And when we enforce those standards, when people inevitably make mistakes, because I make mistakes every day, our team makes mistakes every day, we want to correct people and teach people in relation to our values, vision, and mission. We don't get all bent out of shape and upset when someone makes a mistake. We just simply explain why this pattern of behavior is wrong. And we talk about why it's wrong in relation to our values, vision, and mission. So, we're, so as, as we follow these three steps, we're becoming a values, vision-driven organization as opposed to an organization that's just focused on the bottom line. And the bottom line certainly is certainly important. But... An effective bottom line, a healthy bottom line, is the downstream effect of people who are committed and have shared values, vision, and mission, which allows us to transform lives each and every day. Yeah, that's one thing I've noticed. And, and you even, you know, your team here, they really know the values, vision, and mission. Um, you have them recited frequently uh, at, you know, at the morning huddle. And actually, even throughout this week, I've noticed that you employ many of these same strategies with your children. Um, you know, we've spent some time together uh, this week, and I've noticed that when you want to redirect your kids, you remind them of or maybe even ask them to recite a principle or a value that, that's important to your family and then kind of ask them how their current behavior compares with the principle in question. Uh, you know, has being a father, I guess, changed your outlook on leadership at all? For sure. Uh, being a father, being a husband, you know, and coming here. I used to think I was a good leader before I came to Uganda, actually. I used to, you know, I was always in a leadership position. At Michigan, I was a president in my dental class. I was always the captain of the sports teams growing up. And, and uh, I used to think I was a good leader until I came here and was tasked with uh, building a team. And then I met my wife out here and uh, got married in 2014. And now we have three kids expecting a fourth in January. <laughs> that certainly... All your little weaknesses and faults and, and, and sins come to the forefront when it's all when, when everyone's looking to you for, for leadership and, and to set the tone. So certainly you either need to re, you either embrace those and repent of them and, and work on your weaknesses and, 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 and get better or you just kind of create a toxic community. So, yeah. 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 Well, I've, I've been impressed uh, by, by your family and, and uh, you know, I think that. You know, you talked about sincerity and avoiding hypocrisy. And I, I think you guys are trying to really embrace these values, both here in the clinic uh, and in your families. 
Um, we've talked a little bit about the state of dentistry in Uganda. This is a podcast targeted primarily uh, at orthodontists, and our listeners are probably wondering uh, what, if anything, is the state of orthodontics in Uganda? Are there providers? Is there any patient demand? Maybe you could just tell us a little bit about orthodontics here in Uganda. Sure. There are two um, orthodontic specialists here in Uganda. They are Ugandans who are trained in the UK, and they're back here, and they're in the capital city of Kampala. They do great work. They teach at the dental school, and there's orthodontic training at the dental school. There's one dental school in Uganda, by the way, that graduates about 8 to 10 people per year. There's about 100 dental students, uh, I'm sorry, 100 dentists throughout the whole country of Uganda, and we have a population of about 44 million here. Uh, so you can do the math there. But uh, we have two very talented orthodontists in, in uh, Kampala. They do a wonderful job. They are more traditional. They run more traditional orthodontic practices, meaning traditional patient fees um, that, that you'd be familiar with uh, in stateside. And they do wonderful work. And there's certainly a population that, that, that accesses that, um, that, that care. Um, for us, obviously, that leaves a lot of people who don't have access to orthodontic care, who desperately want it and, and, and would benefit from it and have their lives transformed by it. So we are certainly general dentists. We don't claim to be specialists, but we've been blessed to know someone like Dr. Lance. Uh, shout out to my buddy, Dr. Sheldon Salins in San Francisco, California, and also Dr. Anil in Colorado. Uh, th th those guys have really got an orthodontic program going here. And they've empowered me and, and more specifically our team, because it's about our team, um, Dr. Hussein and Dr. Enoch and Dr. Ronald, so that our Ugandan doctors can provide high-quality orthodontic care and transform lives here in Uganda to patients who otherwise would not receive it. We are not going to be doing uh, orthodontics on people who can receive it in Kampala. We're doing it for people who, who wouldn't receive it if Hope Smiles didn't exist and if Dr. Lands didn't come out here. It was one of the reasons I was so intrigued uh, to come here to Hope Smiles. You know, this this fact that I that orthodontics and, and other specialty care is being provided here in the clinic, and that I would be able to apply my specialty knowledge in a volunteer setting, which is kind of a little bit unique, I think, uh, in in orthodontics. What, in your mind, I guess, has been the rationale or the benefits of incorporating something like orthodontics here in the clinic in Jinja? Providing specialties here in in, in Hope Smiles in Jinja, it really accomplishes three main targets. Number one, it provides a transformative service to a patient population who otherwise would not receive it. So we know that we have, we, we, we've either started or completed over a hundred cases at this point here at Hope Smiles in Jinja. And I can think of my friend Ruth. I can think of, uh, Anna. I can think of our patients who have had their lives transformed, who wouldn't smile, who would be talking like this with their hands over their mouth. Um, and now they're smiling and they're confident because of guys like Dr. O'Neill, Dr. Sheldon, and Dr. Lance have shared their skills with our people on the ground and empowered them to be able to provide quality, compassionate orthodontic care. So that's number one. We provide a, a transformative service to a patient population who otherwise would have no hope of receiving it. They would have no financial access. They'd have no practical access to it. Uh, number two. We want to provide a pathway for mentorship and empowerment for people who have a lot of resources. Like, like, like we do it. We, we did. If we grew up in America, we just have a lot more resources compared to here in Uganda just by the nature of where we're born. And we didn't do anything to earn where we were born. It just happened like that. I can tell you all of our team members here in Uganda, they work as hard as anyone I've ever met. They care. They want to be good and, and they, they want to transform lives. And, we want to connect people 
um, from different parts of the world and build a global community of big-hearted, visionary dental professionals who are making access to quality, compassionate dental care that transforms lives a reality throughout the world. So we want, we want to be able to give a guy like Dr. Lance the opportunity to not just come out here and extract some teeth, but actually share his specialty and not only do the work, but allow Ugandan dentists to carry on the work when he goes back to his practice in New Hampshire. Uh, number three, certainly sustainability is one of our core values. So we do have patient fees. There is a patient population who can pay. I mean, we, we don't, we pay probably, we charge about 15% of what the traditional uh, stateside orthodontic fees are. And that helps our clinic be sustainable. And for our Ugandan uh, patients who, who would desperately benefit from this care, finance, finances never stopped them from getting it. Um, but having orthodontic, orthodontics offered here does uh, uh, make our clinic more sustainable. And what those three things combine to do is we are creating a sustainable community of big-hearted, visionary dental professionals who are really leading a revolution in dentistry and healthcare globally. Yeah, it's been so rewarding to, to be here this week and to, you know, be, like I say, be applying what I know about orthodontics to be treating patients, but also to be working with the great dentists here, to pro be providing some education and some coaching uh, it's been fantastic, and and I love what you said too about you know the role that that orthodontists can play in the sustainability of a of a clinic. You know, I'm a, on the board of directors for a nonprofit uh, dental practice back in New Hampshire, and that's one thing that we find very valuable is diversifying our you know income streams in order to achieve our mission. For instance, sliding scale fees and some fee for service patients, you know, being treated alongside. Uh, you know, free care, government care. And so here, you know, I think it's a similar thing. We've, we've treated some, um, expatriates who maybe can afford a little bit more in terms of their orthodontic care here in Jinja. And also, you know, some people that can't really afford it, um, that are being able to receive the benefits of orthodontics, even though, you know, financially, uh, certainly compared to United States standards, uh, they're not in any position, uh, to do it. So, you know, it's, it's, I think a brilliant and really interesting model, uh, for us as specialist orthodontists. Uh, to engage kind of in a unique way with uh, volunteer dentistry. Um, I want to give Ryan you a little bit of a chance to talk about your upcoming efforts uh, to bring the Hope Smile model to other communities, to engage more partners. I know you've got some big plans. What can we expect in the upcoming year? Sure. Uh, to finish 2018, we really feel like this is the time where we need to tell the story of what uh, God has done through Hope Smiles to the larger world. And the spearhead, the, 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 the way we're going to be rolling that out is this is what we call the Hope Transforms 2018 campaign, where we want to raise a million dollars for Hope Smiles to take our operations to the next level so even more communities and more people can receive quality, compassionate dental care that transforms lives. So how are we going to raise a million dollars? Well, we want to build our community and invite people into the story that want to engage this story that we've talked about today. Um, so we want to find a thousand dentists around the world who at their clinics want to raise a thousand dollars each. And I'm not a math major, but I think that works out to a million dollars. Um, so that we can really take our operations to the next level. What does that look like on the ground? Well, here in Uganda, that means that we want to, we want to purchase land and we want to develop our own state of the art dental center. Uh, we don't have video here, but we're surrounded by plywood and portable dental chairs uh, here at our clinic, and we and we provide a good a good uh, good product. But certainly, a better facility would allow us to even engage more patients 
and give our people, our quality team, a quality facility to work in that's going to really empower them and, 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 and make this long-term and even more solid um, operation. Um, not only that, but we have operations in Haiti. We're developing, we're developing more operations stateside. And obviously, we need money to plant the seed so that it can grow to be sustainable like our clinic here in Jinja has been. So as, as we're working towards providing quality, compassionate dental care that transforms lives to people around the world, we want to invite dental professionals who share, who, 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 who want to enter into this story, the opportunity to do so. And uh, we're going to be rolling this campaign out in mid-October. And if you're interested, please visit our website, hopesmiles.org. And uh, we're going to be rolling out how to, 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 to do that. And you're also welcome to email me if you're interested in it. Uh, my email is ryan, R-Y-A-N, at hopesmiles.org. And again, we're just stay tuned. I don't know when Dr. Lance is going to publish this, but uh, we're going to be rolling this out in mid-October. We're going to finish 2018 with this um, Hope Transforms Million Dollar Campaign. And again, we need you. The world needs you. And I know that we have so many big-hearted, visionary dental professionals out there. And I think we can really create a global community that will revolutionize how people think about dentistry worldwide. Yeah, thanks for telling us about that. I'm sure some of the listeners after hearing this interview are going to be interested uh, to learn a little bit more. Let's wrap up. By, uh, I'd Actually, I'd like to share an experience um, that I had this week. Every morning here at Hope Smiles starts uh, with a devotional, somewhat akin to you know the morning huddles many of us have in our offices. Here we do it on the rooftop overlooking the, the beautiful town of Jinja, which is kind of unique. And uh, Tuesday morning was your turn, Dr. Ryan, and you said something that I think bears repeating and certainly that I've been thinking a lot about this week. Uh, you told your team that you know many people in the world with privileges or abilities or wealth, and I think that certainly applies to the listeners of this podcast, um, that many people with those advantages use their gifts to improve their own comfort in a way to distance themselves from you know, the masses. And uh, you pointed out that a true leader, you know, understands that often having advantages or abilities obligates us to actually increase our discomfort, to put ourselves in an uncomfortable situation in order to draw closer and more effectively serve the people that we, that we are hoping to serve. And uh, it's been my good fortune to see that in action this week uh, from you and your team. That's something that's uh, really been a great example to me. Yeah, certainly that, that is the core and, and what drives Hope Smiles and what, and what drives me. And that's particularly obviously colored and shaped and, and, and it's defined by my faith, uh, my faith in Jesus Christ and that, that he is God and that he, he is God's son and that he didn't use his comfort and his status as God to just place heavy burdens on people. But he actually became a human being and was born in a stable and well, didn't have some big uh, military power and didn't have some fancy, fancy financial uh, status and wasn't necessarily an, an earthly king with political or even religious power, um, but entered into our community and lived side by side and healed people, got to know people, wept with people, recognized that his status as God's son was meant to actually love people and obviously, in, in, in my belief, save people and, and, and allow them to know God. Um, so obviously, I've, none of us here at Hope Smiles are, are, are God's son, but we are—we are in ta- we, we, that, that is what drives us, and recognizing that too many times in the world, and it's just as true here in Uganda as you, as the listeners might uh, 
I haven't been to America in four years, but as the listeners might see with the, with our leadership in America right now, as, as having power being about the love of power, as opposed to what God shows us that, that really through Jesus shows us the power of love. You know, certainly there, there, there's political issues here in Uganda with, with political leadership here. And the good thing is that we have the, the, the opportunity to just choose what we're going to do with the responsibilities and leadership authority that God has given us, the resources God has given us. Every day, we just want to show people. We want to be faithful in that call that we don't want people to come to Hope Smiles and think that this is just people who are out to get rich and make themselves comfortable at the expense of the community around them. We believe that righteousness means that we're willing to dis- disadvantage ourselves for the advantage of the community, while the unrighteous, the selfish leader, is going to disadvantage the community to advantage themselves. So what Hope Smiles is about and what we, we endeavor it to be about for generations to come, which is why leadership is so important, is we want it to be about the power of love and not the love of power. And dentistry is the vehicle through which we can, we can transform lives and we can offer people, whether it's here in Uganda, whether it's the listeners of this podcast, whether it's people who want to who wanna help um, in America, we want to offer them the opportunity to enter into this story. Well, I'm excited to see what happens next for Hope Smiles. It's been such a privilege to be here this week working alongside, you know, such great people in pursuit of really, I think, the best goal that dentistry has to offer, improving the lives of other people. Uh, you know, we're all members of this profession. Um, you know, we're all working towards that goal, even if some days it doesn't feel like it. Uh, but it's been a wonderful reminder to me of the power of dentistry uh, to help other people uh, to improve their lives, to educate them, to give them hope, to give them a little bit of something to strive for. Uh, and it's been a fantastic experience. And I just want to thank you for, for hosting me. Dr. Ryan, remind our listeners who maybe want to learn a little bit more about uh, how to find out about Hope Smiles. You gave, you gave this earlier, but the, you know, your email, website, that sort of stuff, and, and then we'll sign off. Thanks. It's been fun, Dr. Lance. Um, yeah, our, our website is hopesmiles.org. Currently, we're in the process of renovating the website. It should launch again in a couple of weeks. Uh, so when you go there, if you're listening to this on the, before the 15th of October, you might see something uh, different than what, what, what you'll see afterwards. So keep that in mind. Uh, my email is ryan at hopesmiles.org. That's R-Y-A-N at hopesmiles.org. And uh, I just want to thank Dr. Lance again for coming out here. It means a lot to us as a team to know that people care about us globally. Um, So thank you. It's been fun. And I wish everyone a good day. Thanks, Ryan. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Elevate Orthodontics podcast. For more episodes, subscribe on iTunes or visit our website at elevateorthopodcast.com. Tune in next week for another great episode. 